Hey everyone, this is Flippin' Finance. I'm Sam Ismore and I'm joined by my co-host Fabian. Hey, good morning, what's up? Today we are covering the housing market, the American dream. Hey Fabian, kick the disclosure music. As always, none of this is investment advice and does not constitute an offer to buy or sell any securities, nor do any of my opinions reflect those of my employer, Phileo Financial Advisors, or any of its affiliates. This is for educational purposes only, and we are lazy, so we have no duty to revise any information. With that, Fabian, you own a home. We do, yes. And I own a home. So we're we completely do. biased on the American <laughs> dream. Oh, when, when but, my bias is going to come out 1,000% on this podcast. Yeah. How much did your rent go up? Uh, last month. Yeah. So as, as a quick kind of primer to this, I've, I've written about this before, kind of the setup to the current housing shortage in, in a way, just how we've underbuilt housing since 2008. So you, you can go check out that article. It might be a good kind of appetizer for, for what we're going to talk about today. But the big thing I want to cover is the setup for housing and our kind of guess for where it'll go in the future. And a good part or good area to start is people instead of housing. So taking a step back before COVID and then kind of going through COVID to get us to to where we are today, my kind of theory of economic impact on COVID is that it just accelerated underlying trends. And now we're dealing with the the rebalancing of, of those trends that accelerated um, through 2020 to 2021. So e-commerce is a, is a great example of that. And this is in the show notes. So there's a little chart where e-commerce is kind of growing steadily every year. And then 2020 hits and it grows by 50% in one year. So that's just an example of a trend that just accelerated in 2020. And now e-commerce is kind of coming back to the trend line. It's not going to keep growing at 50% per year. It's kind of resetting and getting back uh, to the trend. But e-commerce, the same analogy can be applied to housing, just an acceleration of trends. And we've got a U.S. migration map here uh, from 2010 to 2022. You can kind of see a lot of people were moving from arguably the more expensive areas to just kind of better quality of life areas, kind of like the Sun Belt, maybe Texas a little bit, Denver and, and the other areas. And that really got accelerated in 2020. A lot of people were just... Uh, in overpriced cities without the the benefits of cities and with remote work, you could arguably, for most people, live anywhere you want and take advantage of, of a lower priced place or just a, maybe a higher quality of life outside of uh, different uh, cities and like that. So that's kind of like the big acceleration of a trend that happened in 2020 that uh, will, will drive home prices uh, in a way. So that's step one, people. And then step two is is rates. So if you're a connoisseur of this podcast or newsletter, you know that the Federal Reserve is rate, raising rates to combat inflation. So whenever you see a, a rate being quoted, whether it's an auto rate or a mortgage rate or a bank rate, any rate, all of them kind of start 
with where the Fed funds rate is. That's that's the Federal Reserve rate. And then they apply a, a spread to them uh, on, on average. So auto loans are a little bit riskier, so their spread's a little bit higher than um, a mortgage per se. So if you're trying to figure out a loan, you just go Fed funds, whatever that is. Right now it's 3.75 plus the corresponding spread. Um, so as the Fed funds has increased over 2021, mortgage rates and other rates have increased as, as well too. So we've got it in the in the show notes here, November 20 and about to 2021, the end of it, mortgage rates were right about 3.5%. So you can think of Fed funds being zero, and then you've got a spread of roughly 3%. That's how you get a mortgage rate of 3.5. So as Fed funds rates increases to 3.75, you could probably expect mortgage rates to be around 6.5%. And guess what? That's exactly where we are. That just seems so high. 6.5? Yes. Well, that's that's exactly kind of like the psychology of it is like I would argue like a 5 to 6% mortgage is probably like healthy. Um, as soon as you get down to like things that are lower than that, you see what happened home prices that just kind of went bonkers because as like the interest rate goes lower and lower, you're able to afford more and more house, which we'll talk about here in, in a second. But I think like going back historically, a 5% mortgage is great. And I think everyone just kind of got really lucky with the refinance when the people and or when they bought in to get like right. something in the in the twos. So people like psychology are like, well, I want my mortgage rate to be 3%. Well, it's probably not going to happen again. I mean, there's probably a whole book written about that, right? Just like the psychology of how people's minds change when things get higher than what they like paid or used to oh. pay for them. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a whole thing, behavioral finance. Um, if you want a book on it, Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel is fantastic. But that's, there's so many biases that go into it where someone sees like a lower rate and they want that instead of just locking in what you currently get. Because that, that's what happened over the summer is people, uh, mortgage rates kind of pop to five and people are like, well, I want like a three, I'm going to wait. And then interest rates kept creeping up on them and they kind of got um, uh, screwed out of a, like a lower rate by, by hoping it would go lower. Um, so that that's one function of mortgage rates is where the Fed funds is, but then there's also um, a, a spread. So normally, the spread of a mortgage consists of you have the thirty year, thirty year mortgage, and then you have the ten year U.S. Treasury. Now the ten year U.S. Treasury is what the federal government uses to fund debt. It's long term debt. So I know I talked about the Fed funds earlier, but the U.S. Treasury is really where the spread on a mortgage is is decided. And the interesting thing that's happening right now is that spread is increasing. And this is, you can talk about this for, for 40 minutes and I, and I would happily do that, but I think we would lose a lot of people. <laughs> but as interest rate volatility increases, which is what we're going through now, mortgages are not as an attractive investment for, for people to go out and buy. So they require a higher spread. So banks have to uh, price their mortgages higher so that people will come out and buy them. So that means the spread is increased. So one, you have rates rising, and then you also have the spread on mortgages increasing. So that's why you have mortgage that, mortgages that are in like 6.5, 7 uh, as of today. So that that's as of today, December 13th, and we just had the CPI report and, and, and yields are coming down for other reasons. But that's just a quote for, for today. 
So a, a couple of questions, who's buying them, right? Like who's buying mortgages when you say, you know, for people to buy them, who are the people that are buying the mortgage? Like regular people buying mortgages? Investors, in- investors in the market. Yeah. So there's like a whole, there's like a trillion dollar market for, for mortgage-backed securities. So that's kind of, if you remember 2008, that's what got a lot of people in trouble is mortgage-backed securities, but it's like kind that, of been a reformed market. Yeah. Yeah. Big short. Yeah. And it's a reformed market. It, it, it works how it should now, but people go out and, and buy these, these instruments. But like if they're, if they're not attractively priced based on their expectations, then they're not going to buy them. So then the yield kind of goes up to, to where the people will buy them. Damn it, people. <laughs> um, the other thing, so we talked about rates and, and the spreads that those have increased, but also prices. So if you were at a cocktail party in 21, home prices, uh, besides maybe crypto, were, were the big talking point. And, and thankfully, home prices have begun to moderate a little bit, which was my prediction earlier this year. So the median home sale price, now this is this is average throughout the US. I mean, this uh, real estate is obviously hyper local. So if you're in if you're in New York City, and you could get uh, something for 400,000, you know, good for you. Shoe if you box. could, if, yeah, if you go out to, uh, I don't know, the middle of nowhere, and let's say Illinois, you could probably get a mansion for 400,000. But the median sale price, across the US touched about 400,000 and now it's kind of come back down to right around 355. And then there's, uh, if you're ever really curious about this, Redfin does a great uh, housing market update on there. And the one other thing that that's a great resource is something called the Case-Shiller National Home Price Index. So we've got this in the show notes as well. So home prices have grown roughly about 4% from call it 1990 up to 2019. So just some good steady growth uh, on there. Obviously, people talk about home prices increasing a lot. You have to remember people make a lot of money off of leverage using debt when they buy homes. But like the total overall national home price index is only about 4%. If you follow that trend line, if you're looking on here, you can see it's very similar to the e-commerce where we've got this great trend, things are growing at 4% and you've got this huge pop uh, when 2020 happened. So a combination of low rates, people moving, demand changing, home prices just skyrocketed higher, way above trend line. So it's very similar in, in that regard to acceleration of trends. And I, I'm not predicting a crash in any way. And I'm not saying that this is a bubble because I think that's where that's where it gets the, that's like a pet peeve of mine, like the headlines of, of market media saying like, housing is a bubble, it's going to crash, sell everything. Get your get your beans and rice type of things. I don't doesn't doesn't normally work that way, and I'll touch on on why I think that here here in a minute. And the one last thing, so we've got people, we've got rates, and then also affordability is is a big thing. So prices have come down a little bit, but rates have continued to move up. So mortgage payments haven't really dropped because of that. So a great example, once again from the Redfin monthly update is in 2021, the median mortgage payment in 2021 was roughly around 1600 And that's because affordability was still good. Prices hadn't really jumped up. Rates are still still really low. And in 2020, that is almost uh, up by like call it 50%. So wow. the average, yeah, and that, that's kind of the big thing is like the resetting of home prices, the resetting of rates higher. 
you can go buy the same house and your mortgage payment is roughly 2300 now. So almost a 50% increase in just the the monthly payment to to own this. So that's like that's like a little bit crazy, right? Like you really had to be motivated to move or to sell your house to agree to to something like that, right? To a 50% increase in your mortgage payment, right? If if we're just using kind of like this baseline, like mm-hmm. your mortgage payment jumps up 50%, like that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and that I think that's what we're going to have almost like a Mexican standoff in a, in a way with the home prices going forward. So this kind of goes into uh, my future guests and you can have future guests too, Fabian. Let's, let's not only have one guest here, but I think we're going to have just a resetting and rebalancing kind of like e-commerce where e-commerce shoots up and then plateaus and then until we get back to the trend line a little bit, a little bit and then get back to uh, modest home growth from there because you're going to, let's say you take me, for example, I'm fortunate. I locked in my mortgage uh, under 3%. Most anyone that bought or refinanced their home in 21 has a mortgage rate around or under 3%. So for me to move and go get a 6% mortgage, my payment is going to be much higher. So you have to your point, you'd have to be very motivated to move and, or I would buy a, a smaller home. Uh, instead. So I think one is you're not really going to have motivated sellers to just move like we did in 21, unless you really have to for work and and whatnot and other life decisions. But at the same time, the buyers are staring at that same thing as like they can't afford as much house anymore because it's always, the affordability has has deteriorated, but it's not like people's income has, has changed a lot. Right. One more question on that. So will we see also then like uh, an adjustment if rates go down where these people are kind of going into it saying, okay, I know this isn't going to be long-term potentially, and I'm just going to wait it out and pay that, you know, pay the juice on this on this loan for the next two years in hopes that I can refinance when things maybe go back down to under 4% or under 3%. Yeah. And that's a fantastic point because if you look at what the Federal Reserve is, is saying right now, what's going to do with rates. It's going to raise about 0.75% more. But in about the second half of 23, they're expected to cut rates back down to call it where they are now, maybe a little bit lower. So that's why it's like this interesting thing from a financing standpoint is because you have what's called inverted yield curve. So short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. And you have the interesting thing where, well, like a mortgage is priced at long-term rates, but it's still kind of really high. Mm-hmm. So normally in, in this situation where rates are kind of high, you would go out and get an arm because you'd get a lower rate. But because you have this inverted yield curve, arms aren't very, being priced very well. So people are still being forced to kind of do long-term fixed ones. And those are the conversations I've had with clients a lot too, is this this mortgage rate isn't the best, but rates are expected to come down a little bit and you'd have to pay, call it uh, the, the mortgage loan financing fees, which kind of depend on size of the home, but maybe a thousand dollars to refi your house. But like, that's not guaranteed to happen right. really. You know, you could be stuck with this rate. Oof. When you actually look yeah. at how much extra you pay because of the interest, it's insane. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. And if you ever want a really fun activity, you can uh, price out how much mortgage interest you'll you'll pay on uh, on your home if you uh, if you don't make any extra payments. It's a, it's an egregiously large part uh, uh, that you probably don't want to know about. But kind of circling back to like my future guess is I think we have just like a modest resetting because people price their homes in the expectation that prices were going to continue to go higher. So I think the first price cuts, I would take those with a grain of salt. People will be like, that's the the bubble bursting. I think that's just people resetting their home prices um, back to where it probably should be. And then from there, I think there's like a modest kind of just regrouping, resetting of call it like five to 10% lower, not like a bubble crashing, but just a resetting. And then I think you get this plateau until things start kind of creeping back up late 23 when rates are probably a little bit lower than than they are today because then you've got affordability is better your rates a little bit better home prices aren't as high i think it'd be more advantageous for people to to look to to continue um with the home purchasing process yeah and i continue to see i mean we're here in indianapolis i don't know if, if everybody listening knows that most likely you do but um you know i get a newsletter every morning from the ibj and like for the last three weeks i just keep seeing the headline that central indiana existing home sales continue to slide right so less and less people mm-hmm. um are, are motivated yeah. to sell right now yeah i think um, that's i think yeah, that's the norm is just buy, 21 was this was this huge home sale year. And I think you just have a resetting where you need really motivated buyer and seller to, to match up given, given the environment. So no bubble bursting, nothing ending, just a modest resetting back to, back to trend lines. So not the clickbait that you probably need to get through this, but I'm sure there's a way we can make it clickbaity. <laughs> I put a question uh, at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Will home prices crash? Will the bubble Is that crash? a healthy headline? Probably not. Yeah, you have you have no. too much integrity for that, Sam. Yeah, and it's probably why we have a small me, following right me, now. However, <laughs> <laughs> <I have not. laughs> well, that's all we have today. As as always, if you could rate the podcast, so subscribe and or share with a friend, greatly appreciate it. We're always taking Listener questions and feedback. For example, we did a listener question uh, last week. So happy to do another one if we get some good questions. 